This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Wondering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. Remember that from Nina Jankowicz? It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you so remember the federal government? Where they were going to come out with a disinformation board, kind of almost a ministry of truth, and it had that kind of icky imperialistic feel to it. And they introduced it, or tried to introduce it with a Mary Poppins song. <laughs> Even on the the rare occasion, our uh, longtime news director, Howsworth, laughs. It's when we're talking about the feds singing Mary Poppins tunes to introduce something that has the potential to be pretty serious. Exactly. It was a disaster, by the way. It was a disaster. Yeah. But apparently, they are still trying to do that. They're just calling it something different. I want to bring in Michael Ryan. He writes for the HeartlanderNews.com. HeartlanderNews.com. Michael Ryan has been chatting with folks like Josh Hawley as it relates to, in effect, censorship on Facebook. Michael, we want to welcome you in. So you have been talking to one of our U.S. senators, Josh Hawley. It sounds like this this disinformation board it's still happening but more covertly kind of bottom line this for us yeah thanks for having me on it's kind of a whack-a-mole thing you know after they disbanded the government uh, disinformation board um then they just kind of seemed to transfer the censorship duties to the department of homeland security other areas according to holly and, uh, in fact, recently The Intercept reported that DHS is, quote, quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech, end quote. And they had all kinds of internal DHS memos, emails, documents that are detained through leaks and, and a lawsuit, and even public documents to prove their case, uh, which they said is an expansive effort by DHS to curb political speech on social media. You know, Holly's been all over this. I mean, he's written Mayorkas. Uh, almost half a dozen letters about this. He told him in a letter last week that uh, Mayorkas had, quote, transformed the Department of Homeland Security into an engine to suppress the freedom of speech, end quote. So, um, you know, and, and here's the other thing. Uh, outgoing uh, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt has joined with the AG in Louisiana to sue about this, to have this effort uh, declared a violation of the First Amendment. So, you know, if it weren't for officials from Missouri, this might not even be a topic. And I think it's fascinating, by the way, that people like Alejandro Mayorkos, he wants to be in charge of what the truth is. And yet every week, Alejandro Mayorkos is saying, border secure. <laughs> it's good. It's just incredibly uh, hypocritical. So in your conversations with Josh Hawley, and by the way, as you have written on HeartlanderNews.com, great, uh, great publication, HeartlanderNews.com, kind of a couple of things that, as you've been talking with Mr. Hawley that, you hear him say that you go, whoa. I mean, your, your reporter and journalistic cred aside, that when Josh Hawley is telling you what he's getting at, you're going, whoa, what the heck is this? What are some surprising things you have found? I think just the fact that it's being acknowledged at this high level in our government. Um, you know, I can tell you, and you can probably tell me, that um, most of my conservative friends have felt that their posts on social media have been censored that they've been put in Facebook jail and so forth. Uh, but to have a U.S. senator say this is going on, I mean, it, it just an ordinary citizen looks at that and says, 
you know, if a senator can't do anything about it, what can be done about it? It's just an amazing situation. Has anybody seen, and Facebook does, and I don't know how they do their things. I know our video feed here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, we get kicked off from time to time. We get kicked off from time to time. And those times are usually when Congressman Billy Long is on the show. Facebook kicks off our (laughs) our video feed. Uh, But I saw one that several people, as a matter of fact, the star of the Gary Nolan show here, Brian Hansen, was showing me this post been going around. And it's a Facebook post is like, I am God, the trust or something. And is, yes. Have you seen this? Yes, yes. I posted it myself just to see what would happen. And they had one of those screens uh, covered up saying, you know, this is graphic or, you know, violent content. Gosh. So it, so it, what is the it post? It's a Bible verse. It's a bi- okay, it's a Bible verse, and people apparently are posting it, and it covers it up like there's obscene content or something, like we're looking at Kim Kardashian's Naked Re-Render or something. And has anybody, and I kind of feel like this ties into your article on the Heartlander News, uh, has anybody been able to figure out what that is about, that specific post? No, I, I haven't heard anything. It's just amazing to me. No, you know. I also noticed that when I text uh, somebody about God, it doesn't uh, give it the uh, proper noun. So you know, it doesn't automatically capitalize God. So I don't know what's up with that. But you know, it's like you said, it, this isn't a figment of one's imagination. Yeah. There was a case in uh, St. Louis earlier this year where a, a radio station had a conservative on talk, just talking about a poll that said 50% of Americans believe cheating changed 2020 presidential yeah. election. That radio station was deplatformed on YouTube. Oh, yeah, that's our friends. I think Christopher uh, Arp, News Talk St. Louis. Yeah, uh, Christopher Arp, yeah. he's he's joins us every Tuesday here on the show. Uh, we've been booted off when people like Congressman Billy Long will mention yeah. things like that. It's crazy. Our guest, Michael Ryan, heartlandernews.com, article called Biden Administration Still Out to Censor Its Critics in Social Media. So having studied and researched and talked to folks in this space, what are conservatives saying? now that Elon Musk has gotten a hold of Twitter. You know, I think a lot, of, especially the libertarian perspective, is, you know, we don't need more government when you don't need to send more letters. We just need to let the market correct this. And it seems like, you know, this weekend, Elon's letting people back on. So what's their response to just letting the market play out? Other than hallelujah? I mean, yeah, uh, that seems to be the solution. Get control of the platforms. Um, You know, otherwise... There's a limited number of things that can be done. I mean, and and again, the Missouri officials are trying to do it. Um, I asked uh, Senator Hawley, you know, what can be done about this? He suggested three things off the bat. Number one, defund portions of DHS to stop them from doing the the whack-a-mole kind of censorship that they're doing now. Number two, take away their federal authority to do this kind of thing. And number three, as he said before, to impeach Mayorkas. Um, now, the courts seem to be a pretty good area to attack this, too. There's a federal court that has upheld a Texas law that bars social media companies from taking on posts based on political view, and that's probably going to end up in the Supreme Court. Uh, and then there's the lawsuit by Eric Schmidt and the Louisiana AG. They have found just a treasure trove of documents uh, pointing to collusion between the Biden administration and social media companies. The other thing that can be done is that Congress, if it wanted to, could take another look at Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which basically provides big tech community for removal of content. 
Let me ask you this, and this is kind of related, not related to your article in the heartlandernews.com, but more curious, do you ever encounter, so here's the thing that I encounter sometimes, uh, Michael, like I'm doing research or whatever on a story that's not favorable to the administration, that's not favorable to progressive uh, liberals, and I'm like, I know the story's there, and it can be exceedingly difficult to find online. Is that just me, or has anybody else experienced that? No, uh, it's not just you. Okay. Um, I've encountered that for years, uh, looking up a subject matter um, to perhaps editorialize uh, in a column on some subject from a, a center-right point of view, and all that comes up on Google is the, the left-wing point of view on the topic. And in fact, Senator Hawley has been on that, too, because Google has been found to have their thumb on the scale of searches. Yeah, or the other thing that'll happen, I'll be like, hey, what did Kamala Harris say this weekend regarding climate change? And Google will pop back. Oh, did you want the recipe for banana nut bread? Like, no, no, I'm glad to know that it's not just me. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine that years and years ago before the inter- uh, the Internet, I mean, can you imagine a librarian trying to block you from the aisle that you want to go down? Yeah. <laughs> this is basically what Google's trying to do. All right, our guest, Michael Ryan, heartlandernews.com. Article, he spoke with Senator Josh Hawley regarding the, administra- the administration of the United States of America still wanting to censor social media. We think back... Uh Gosh, a number of years. Remember covering the Communications Decency Act and the whole Section 320 thing? It sort of seems like elected officials have kind of flip-flopped because I remember back in that era when they worked on that stuff, they were talking about the Internet companies as the little guy who we need to protect. Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, They've created a monster. Um, Now, the uh, Communications Decency Act, of 96 was basically an attempt to regulate pornography on the internet. But it also provides big tech immunity for removal of content. Now, the provisions uh, to prevent pornography have been struck down by the courts. (laughs) But perversely, big tech's ability to censor you and me lives on. All right, Michael Ryan, anything else that you want to add to this before? Oh, did you see the Chiefs last night? <laughs> yeah. Man. Never give up. Right on. Never, I, ever, ever. Yeah, I always feel like they're toying with us uh, sometimes. Michael Ryan, heartlandernews.com. By the way, give a, a kind of a brief description of exactly what heartlandernews.com. Because I look at it and I'm like, okay, it's news for us heartlanders. It's through a, a, a conservative lens at least, but I feel... Like, even that's not doing it justice. You're on an elevator, and you're hanging out with producer Hannah. You've got 15 seconds. What's the elevator pitch on this? Yeah, heartlandernews.com is a fairly new uh, news site covering Missouri and Kansas. Uh, a lot of Missouri news, uh, everything from crime to politics, and uh, when the two marry up. And, um, you know, it's, it's from a center-right point of view, um, which is... You know, we think it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> news, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it stands in stark contrast to what's uh, being peddled as news in other media outlets, and I think we're the only outlet uh, in the two-state area doing this. All right. 29 seconds, by the way. <laughs> Michael Rock. <laughs> hey, man, uh, it's good to have you back on the show. Thanks for joining us here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Coming up, we're going to do the uh, morning bell business news, a little twist. Only Stephanie Bell gets. Uh, can we? Do we have time to share a letter to Santa? <laughs> You're kidding.
<laughs> sure. Or you want to do it later? You want to do it at 835? No, we can yeah. totally do it. We, and we can do some interesting facts about the holiday season and, and our shopping trends coming up. Yeah, and by the way, coming up uh, 835. So I was chatting with my dad over the weekend, and he was saying, man, I paid $59 for a turkey. And I'm like, how much did that turkey weigh? It was a hefty turkey. Uh, and then, incidentally, there if you go to Missouri Farm Bureau's website, there is... Uh, Facts. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Bell Business News, little twist only Stephanie Bell can give you. Well, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that holiday shoppers are buying fewer gifts and donating less to charity this year. Something we kind of knew with as expensive as everything is, but it's it's pretty significant. So there's a crowdfunding platform called Kiva, and they surveyed 2,000 Americans, and they said uh, lack of funds is why they don't plan on giving to charity as much as they did last year. Um, and Giving Tuesday, which is coming up after uh, Black Friday, they usually celebrate Giving Tuesday, um, and there's a group there that said um, fundraising is down a whole bunch. There's a graph, and it says change in number of donors from a year earlier that right now we're down like 10, 12% in number of donors just donating to charity. And they also said um, that the asks from these charitable organizations are actually up pretty significantly, almost 25%. And so while our charities, while people are demanding more from our local, especially some of our local organizations and they need the help, we're not, you know, stepping up and giving. So I would encourage folks, if you have the means, you know, let's let's do a good job this year because we got we need to help each other. I was eating at Colton's uh, Steakhouse in Jefferson City the other night, and I went to a Walmart, and they've already got the Salvation Army bell ringers out there. And here's the thing that's going to get me. Wait, and if I miss it, somebody please keep us posted. Wait for the day between now and Christmas that Joe Biden comes out and says, Americans, we really need to give for charity. Well, you jackass, we would, but see, we ain't got no more money. And you know why? Yo, that's why. Don't tell me to give something that I ain't got because of what you've been doing since the tragic events of January the 20th. Yeah, the same article actually tracks the average number of gifts planned for purchase. I don't know if this is like per person or what, but it says, um, what do you think the average number of gifts is? 3.4. It looks like this year it's about eight. What? Whereas last year it was 16. Hopefully that's not per person. Hopefully that's like all the presents you buy. I don't know. I don't, I've never bought 16 gifts per person. Never. Um... Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's probably all. And do we wonder, too, like, because we always, it, it's kind of a weird psychological thing. We what are other people doing? How Are you spending 100 bucks per kids for Christmas? Or at least that's what the rate was. I'm guessing it's a little different than $100 anymore. But we what are you doing? Do you do three gifts, five gifts? Do you give them cash? And then you really want to know, like, who you're getting, like, what the gift limit is when you're exchanging. And you got to love, like, coworkers and stuff where you're like, okay, $50, $50 you know, limit, and then you just both exchange two $50 gift cards, and you're like, why are we wasting our time? Yep. This is silly. Um, Thank somebody- you. Now, I won't feel like a fuddy-duddy when I bring up this same reasoning for any holiday function we have between now and Christmas. Somebody who is expecting lots of gifts this year is uh, my sweet little eight-year-old left <laughs> her Christmas list on my pillow. She has 20 items, starting out with a Barbie, a makeup kit, um, but squeezed, so we get down to number 12. Number 12 is a lava lamp. Number Groovy. Four, number fourteen is gum. Guess what number thirteen is? Thirteen on the list. One of Han or one of Stephanie's kids. A new president. 
Really? How old is she? Eight. Eight years old. Totally she's, unsolicited. This was just left for me. She brings a letter. Says, Mom, can you mail this to Santa on your way out to uh, Ellinger and Associates Law Firm in Jeff City today? And Mom says, what is it? Well, it's a letter to Santa. And Mom peeks at it before she sends it off to Santa. Number 13 on the list. New president. Wow. Smart kid. <laughs> and then the other kid in explaining tobacco. What did he say? He said, it was a crash cash crop relied on heavily by early settlers, <laughs> which I guess is factually accurate. That's true. Oh, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Five-yard line touchdown! Kansas City! Will Kelsey do it to the Chargers again on a crossing pattern? A touchdown! And now Travis Kelsey! A 17-yard touchdown reception to take the lead, plus his 33rd 100-yard receiving game of his career. The most by a tight end in National Football League history. I don't mean to catch anybody off guard, but I'm going to because I forgot the name all of a sudden. Whose record did he break last night? Marsh, do you know? No, but I think of Tony Gonzalez when I started thinking of people breaking records at the Chiefs and tight ends. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you who it is. It was I, somebody that Tom Brady used to throw the ball to. Not Julie, It's not Julian Edelman. Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski, okay, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. whose record he broke. Chiefs, 8-2. and two. Patrick Mahomes leads uh, leads the NFL past yardage, past touchdowns per game. Chiefs look good. Does anybody ever get the get the idea, get the feeling like uh, Patrick and, and, and Travis and the rest of the team, sometimes they just go out there and kind of half-assing it, and then it's like, Oh, look, game's almost over. We better get for real. I mean, because there's so many games like this. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, if if that is the case, that's not good because you don't want to do that because in a game, you know, you don't want to. Sometimes to, you run out of clock. Yeah, yeah, you, exactly. And they've come close a couple of times. I just think that he's just phenomenal in the, both of them are phenomenal in the crunch time. But the other thing I notice about the defenses, um, for some reason, when they're playing the Chiefs, in, in almost every one of these examples that you've given, it's almost every game, with the exception of the Colts early in the season, they tend to blitz him early on, especially in that last drive. I don't know why it is, but they set, tend to drop back more. And if you're going to if you're going to lose, you might as well go go down in you know fighting at least in blitz. I've never understood that idea of dropping back into a zone and dropping an extra person off the line because it's not going to do you any good. An extra defensive back in the backfield, not with him. Well, because even the two games that we've lost, uh, we lost to the Colts like by what three points, and I think we lost to the uh, to the Bills like by four points. Even the games we've lost, they've been really close That's games. True. Chiefs true. eight and two now. Always fun watching the Chiefs, and I'm wondering what happened. Line, did anybody see? Uh, did you see Travis Kelsey after he scored that touchdown with seconds left in the game? Swung the ball. I had the people in the end zone like ducking because he flung <laughs> that thing so hard. Like whoa, diving out of the way. Yeah. There's a headline, by the way, in the Kansas City Star today, and I normally won't quote this, but I'm going to go ahead and quote it because it is it is a direct quote from the paper. Chargers fans were quoted as saying in the paper, "quote." 
there are daddies is the is the uh, the, oh, the quote God. that's on the front page of who's the kids. your daddy <laughs> that's on the front page who's of the your daddy the chiefs are i love it uh and we've got a decent lead now in the afc uh afc west we're looking good welcome to the show this is wake up mid-missouri brian houseworth john marsh there is producer hannah good morning stephanie bell is here good morning my name is brandon rather we appreciate you joining us on the show i was talking to henry over the henry uh, rather he's my dad you hear him occasionally do you actually call him henry not to his face (laughs) (laughs) i used to have some cousins and when we were growing up in southeast uh uh, missouri perry county missouri we lived in towns like wittenberg and altenburg and frona and very german yeah towns with populations like smaller uh you know like 250 people and um i had a niece and nephew a little bit younger than me but their parents were always entertaining. They always had people at the house. And to say that they were always entertaining is making it sound really fancy. They always had people over drinking beer. <laughs> the truth of it. I shouldn't say they were entertaining. But everybody is from a very young age. These kids, they heard everybody referring to their parents as Kim and Rick. Kim and Rick. They grew up, instead of calling them mom and dad, they called their parents by their names because that's what they heard that's what they learned Very interesting yeah i remember the first time one of mine called their dad chris and he was like nope <laughs> <laughs> um anyhow where were we we were talking about how expensive thanksgiving oh, yes. thanks. oh so yes. i'm talking to my dad henry on the phone the other day and he said he's i had a turkey it's 59 dollars where he's gonna smoke a turkey mm-hmm. uh for him and my uh my sister and some uh, nieces and nephews over the weekend like 59 dollars so i'm hanging out with mr houseworth yesterday mm-hmm. we're just sitting around bs and i tell brian and he says oh you should see uh, Missouri Farm Bureau, what they have on their website, something they do every year. They do, and I generally do a story every year. In fact, I'm going to talk to Garrett Hawkins uh, a little bit later this morning, who farms in St. Clair County. And we do a story, and normally, Brandon, Stephanie, uh, and Hannah, it goes up maybe a dollar or two. Uh, a little bit, and it, it's usually pretty average. But what they do is they look at a, a Thanksgiving feast for ten people, and I won't give you all the items, but it's items like turkey is the primary one. But they look at uh, also dinner rolls, milk, sweet potatoes, and they basically they figure out how much it will cost for ten people this year for a feast of ten. The nationwide average is about sixty four dollars in five cents. Now that checks in at less than $6.50 per person. However, what you look at is the percentage over year. It's 20% up from last year, and it's up 37% since 2020. So everything is going up with the exception of cranberry lovers. Uh, Cranberry uh, are going down, but turkey has really gone up. And they've done this survey for 37 years. Basically, what happens is Missouri Farm Bureau members go to all the grocery stores in their town. They come up, write it all down, and then they send it off to Jeff City. They calculate it, and it is the highest it has ever been uh, for um, Missouri Farm Bureau members. And, um, you know, as, as you can imagine, the Farm Bureau is critical of the Biden administration on inflation. Take the politics out of it in this. It's going to cost people more, whether they go to the store or whether they eat out. 
And the cost of turkey, that's the biggest thing. It's up about 21% from last year. That's a huge, huge jump. I don't know how much, uh, how big this turkey was that my dad bought at $59. I remember, like, you could buy an 87-pound turkey for, like, 12 bucks or something. Yeah, for $60, it sounds like you should be getting a prime rib or something, right? Like, seriously. I would just go ahead and buy the prime rib instead of the turkey. Who made the law? Is it written in law somewhere? Is there an ordinance in Jefferson City? It says, I got to serve turkey for Thanksgiving. Are you aware of anything on the books like that, Marsh? I think there is, yes. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I stand. Hey, listen. You know because how- it's going to get a presidential pardon. Is it that today? That'll be Wednesday in the Rose Garden. I think the California plant, the Cargill plant, Hannah, probably had something to do with that legislation. <laughs> My in-laws have always done tacos for Thanksgiving. Oh, why not? Yeah, why not? It's Thanksgiving. Matter of fact, there's a, a great uh, letter to the editor, Jefferson City News Tribune today. Uh, just kind of a reminder. Hey, you know, we can give thanks every day. I, I really do believe that. And but, we should. But still, turkey and mashed potatoes and uh, friends and family. Can we pardon this turkey? Brandon, how are you? Can you hear me? Happy birthday. How old are you? What is that? To you. Happy birthday. Biden's being an extremist. To you. So the best way to get something done, if you... Happy birthday. If it holds near and dear to you that you... Uh, Mr. President, um, like to be able to. Happy birthday. Anyway. To you. Oh, you know the you know the thing. You're not out in the rain with the Halloweeners. Can you believe Joe turned eighty over the weekend? Uh, and hey, listen, that's great. I, I know and Stephanie uh, celebrated with ice cream, which I thought was very appropriate. <laughs> so listen. You have to do it. Stephanie actually came up with a really good idea this past Feel Good Friday, but we got uh, we got too busy being morons here on the show Friday, but we were going to do like an ice cream party because every time you see Joe Biden, reporters will be asking him important policy questions about stuff and he'll just be Licking that ice cream cold. He loves ice cream. <laughs> you know, um, he does. That's he, not surprising. He, 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 he does. He, he doesn't love ice cream. He does. But maybe he, when, like, important stuff is going on, when the economy is yeah. in a dumpster, you shouldn't be buying $10 ice cream cones. I know, um, and I'm thinking over the years, when I've got a pretty good memory, John does as well, I don't remember either Senator Biden nor President Biden nor Vice President Biden coming to Columbia, but I do remember specifically. John, two times he came to the capital city. He came as can- with the uh, as candidate for vice president uh, when he was running on with uh, you know uh, Mr. Obama back in 2008, and then in 2009 he went to ABB. He and it was well known he loved ice cream then. Now, not the press doesn't get to go along with him on everything. What I don't know, and maybe you know, John, did he go to Central Dairy one of those days? It wouldn't surprise me, but if he did. What if he did and he missed a bet? If he did, he, if he did go, we didn't find out because he didn't notify the press. But I'm surprised because I think he would have enjoyed that. Uh, so the president, eighty, uh, turning eighty years old, and talking about running for, and he talking about running for office again. His age doesn't matter. It is what is happening upstairs or not happening upstairs. That furnace ain't on, man. He's he's running though. I take it. Yeah. I, I mean, it sounds to me like he's running and. Uh, the, you know, based on the past election results, he's he's confident about what happened. Here's the question I have, too, for people that are uh, adamant Trump supporters. Uh, of those, I include myself in the past. Um, but if you're going to if people are uh, these Trump supporters are knocking Joe Biden because of his age, 
Uh, Trump's going to be, what, 78 by the time 2024 mm-hmm. rolls around? I mean, isn't isn't that you got to apply the same set of rules. Now, where with Joe, it's different because he's got no mental uh, sharpness. But the founding fathers were very specific. They did not put an age limit in the Constitution. So it's up to the American people. Um, and and uh, the same question was asked of Ronald Reagan in 1984. Um, and the, the press asked him during the debate. And he really fired back at it in a humorous way. He said he would not let his opponent's youth and ex- inexperience uh, he would not use that as a, as a, oh, yeah. as a political issue, moment. and that that basically was the the end of that campaign. I mean, it was it was over after that uh, against Mr. Mondale. But regardless, you know, they were both in their seventies the last campaign, and if they are the nominees, um, I, I mean, they're both very popular in their bases. So so we'll see we'll see what happens. But again, they can run. They can run if they're if they're in their nineties. They could run. Uh, and maybe it's the voters. We should be more worried about not just the guy running, but the people that are voting for him, like a Joe Biden and John Fe- Biden Fetterman 2024. It's a no-brainer, man. Uh, figuratively <laughs> and, and literally. <laughs> this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. The Leftovers. Enjoy. All right, some things we didn't get a chance to, to get uh, get to during the show here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS. Something we touched on a little bit, but we got some traction on it via text at 874 874-9390. 874-9390. Pence, uh, he was uh, on MSNBC over the weekend, and the conversation turns to abortion. Uh, which is fine. People want to know, what do you think? I think most people, well, you know, maybe not true that most people know where conservatives are because a lot of them have actually moved on the issue since the Supreme Court ruling earlier this year. They were adamantly against it, and then some of them scrubbed their campaign websites. Well, I'm okay with it. So anyhow, Pence asked about it. His answer, he gave a really good answer. The biggest thing, check out the way Chuck Todd phrases the question. Are you comfortable with the idea of essentially government-mandated pregnancy? What incredible bull... That's not mandated government pregnancy. These people make choice to to get in that... To, to, to have sex, whatever. And I get sometimes people accidentally get pregnant. But that is not... And here's the thing that bothers That's not government-mandated pregnancy. And I'd like to know what Chuck Todd makes per year and where his degree is from. That's shocking. That's almost as bad as the Columbia, Missouri. And maybe worse than the Columbia, Missouri posting BS uh, regarding Fusis. And I want to highlight this again, too. We talk about Trump and Twitter. Yesterday, the Twitter meltdowns over Elon Musk over the fact that he now owns uh, Twitter. And I love it because these, it's just, sometimes we, you know, I try to be a real positive guy and I really believe that. But sometimes we, it is fun to see other people have emotional meltdowns over a special. Over Twitter, for yeah, sure. It's like, like my four-year-old, five-year-old granddaughter, Harper. And four years old, three years old, when she didn't get her Twinkies, man, she'd have a meltdown. Twitter is melting down right now, for sure. But I think, you know, and I did, I got called out on Twitter about my comments about Twitter earlier today because I said, I do have questions. Like, they fired half of their staff. They're missing half of their workforce. If any other, I think what I said was if any other organization was missing half their workforce, like, we would notice, right? If half the McDonald's employees didn't show up, 
your breakfast would not be as timely as it is, right? Um, we'd have issues here at Zimmer if suddenly half of our people were gone. Twitter seems to be doing just fine. Um, but I did get uh, someone on Twitter told me, hey, uh, what about the federal government? We could probably stand to lose half of the workforce of the federal government. And they <laughs> okay. would get points. And I said, yeah, truth, yeah. facts. I, I like that yeah. take. So uh, I should have clarified and said it, private, private enterprise. But still, Twitter is, I mean, it's up and running. It doesn't appear to be slow or glitchy or anything. It appears to be working. I'm also going to give James some point via text, 874-9390, talking about Biden turned 80 and loves ice cream. He'll, be, he'll stand up, man, and talk serious foreign relations policy while he's licking an ice cream cone. Biden's favorite flavor is cream dementia. <laughs> Very good. That's yeah, all right. You got anything for leftover stuff? Uh, I get. Go for it. Oh well, there's a lawsuit, and John, maybe you can tell us more about this. Carla Steck still suing Steve Korsmeyer. Is that Man, right? Yeah, that, that's that's the deal. It's kind of in the weeds. The way it, it, it harkens back to, and I, I'm sure you may know more about the the way it's done. But if candidates want somebody to stand by in the polling place, they're party affiliation people have to put that in x number of days before the election and i think her loss alleging she wasn't offered the opportunity to but it sounds like she may have missed the deadline to get that paperwork filed yeah i don't know that she she followed the procedures and also i mean this this that the statutes prefer and offer preferences to a two-party system is nothing new in missouri or elsewhere um and that you know if you choose to to be a third-party candidate, the road might be a little bit more difficult. I mean, I think there are all sorts of ballot access laws, and I actually saw a piece in a, um, about Georgia and someone who wanted to challenge Marjorie Taylor Greene, and they said, you had to get like 30,000 signatures to even get your name on the ballot as, an, as a non-two-party candidate person.